Brett, sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a carburetor, and I love films. As Benjamin Spock once said, Trust yourself. You know more than you think you do. You know what Lost Highway is about. You know it. You're choosing to be difficult. You get it. It's about jealousy. Yeah, you got it. Of course you got it. Come on, man. It's obvious. Yeah, it's a good film. You can just enjoy it. You don't have to be like, it was so difficult to get. You got it. You un... Look, you instinctively understood it, so why are you making such a thing of it? Yeah, okay. Wow, fascinating argument. Thank you, Benjamin Spock. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Kevin Smith, Sharon Stone, and even Cled Plambles. But this week, it is the brilliant comedian, actor, writer, podcaster, and all-round hero, it's Helen Bauer. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets, we talk beginnings and endings, all sorts of stuff. You get the whole episode uncut and ad-free and as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein along with all the other shit that's there. So, Helen Bauer. Helen Bauer. Oh, Helen Bauer is a brilliant stand-up. If you've never seen her, you must go and see her do stand-up. She's fucking funny. She's got her own podcast, Trusty Hogs. She's funny as fuck. I've known her for... A few years now, we recorded this on Zoom the other day. She's so funny. I really love this one, and I think you will. I hope everyone is well. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 222 of Films to be Buried With. And welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a producer, a writer, a actor, a podcaster, a uh, filmmaker, a YouTube maker, a series <laughs> generator, a legend, and most of all, a incredible stand-up comedian, and sometimes Skepko, maybe, who knows, let's find out. <laughs> Please welcome to the show. It's the one and only. It's Helen Bauer. Yay! Wait, what have I ever produced? Listen, Helen Bauer. The first time, I think we maybe met before it, but you know, I don't know how long ago it was. But you know, when people always look, people ask me, <laughs> "Yeah, have you, have you got any advice? Have you got any advice?" And I always say, "Make your own shit." That's the only advice I can give anyone. Make your own shit. Oh. And you. You yeah. are the perfect example of this because years and years ago, you contacted me and said, I'm making an entire series of a yes. thing and you made it for yes. YouTube and you asked me to be in it and I said yes and it was brilliant and <laughs> you made it completely yourself with Michael, but as in you, you had clearly had I no did. money and there was no... <laughs> Wait, how obvious was the fact I had no money? Like... <laughs> <laughs> but like you made a whole fucking TV show and I'm like, that's it, that's what you do. Me and Michael Ross did make an entire TV show. We did. We thought we were being geniuses. And I was, we were were both working in retail at the time. But he um, 
was an amazing writer and I was like, okay, I'm going to sort this out. So we found an office that our friend's uncle owned and used it at the weekends to film a show. It was a great time. I was like 22 though and very overambitious. <laughs> but, but why the fuck not? I love that. But you know we met before. Yeah, we did meet before. We know each other from before. Yeah. Do you know exactly why though? Because I was the tech of... Britain's best friends in the Joker Dome. Oh, that's in where we, that's 2009. Where. Britain's best mates was a Britain's best mates. show yep. with Jamie Glassman and Matt Steer, a Sketco character show that I directed yes. that I would describe as one of the great underrated gems of my back catalogue. They were so fucking funny. That show was so fucking good and nobody saw it. It was so funny. It was so mm. ridiculous. Like, I remember the bit where he just shows the vein in his arm because he was so pale, <laughs> so vividly, so vividly. <laughs> but it was also such a good lesson. For, it was my first time I'd ever been at Fringe. I was teching mm. in the Joker Dome, which doesn't even exist anymore. And I remember going like... They can be something amazing and they can still have horrible experience of days, mm. you know? Because I yeah. remember one day, I think you might have been there. And I was there a lot, yeah. They, they hide around, they're in the back, right? So they don't know who's coming in and the lights are quite bright. And the audience were you, one of their mums and Lisa <laughs> Scott Lee from Stabs. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like... 10 minutes into the hour-long show and clearly one of them had dipped under the lights and had realised what was happening. <laughs> like, and went, wait a second, we can't perform this to our director, our mum and Lisa Scottley from Stairs. <laughs> and it was, and I was in the booth, I was 18 and I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, they, they're funny boys. That was a funny show. That, they, were, they deserved so much more of that, Edinburgh. Agreed. But it also shows, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know, it's a good, it's a nice lesson, but it just shows you that you can make really good shit and no one can care. Totally. This is the thing. You can, it's just constantly throwing shit at the wall and you just got to wait for the stickier shit. Yeah. That's it. And like, not all like shits are sticky. That's the famous thing about shit. Some are slippery, some are liquid. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. Well, the thing with shit, it's just sometimes it's not the right time for for your shit. Sometimes you right shit. Time. Some sometimes your shit's your shit's sticky. It's just early, or it's late. Oh my god, you're right. That's what I think. As in, I think that show is a perfect example. Britain's Best Maze, I think, was a genuinely brilliant show, but maybe it was a couple of years ahead of the conversation about masculinity and all that shit, or it was a couple of years behind something. Who knows? But the time for it. The shit wasn't sticky on the day of release, but it was sticky shit. You this is I mean? like an amazing metaphor for all art. Like every every yeah. shit is destined to be the one that like makes the toilet bowl what it is. But yeah. some don't make it to the toilet bowl. Some just get in your pants. Some make it to the woods, but don't get out of the woods. Like, yeah. and sometimes you're not expecting some it. Some go so fast down the bowl, you don't even see them. <laughs> and sometimes it's just a fart. And you didn't realise the shit was there. Yeah. It was just an idea, but the next thing you know, you pull down your, your pants and it's full of shit. And you had no yeah. idea it was coming. And then sometimes it's just a vague idea and it's just turtle heading out of your anus. Like, I'm mm. here. Like, I'm present. I've got something for you. But not yeah. quite ready to let go. But you're not ready for it yet. You're not <gasps> ready for this shit. I don't think you're ready for this shit as um, <gasps> Destiny's Child were probably really saying oh my god i think there's a book in this yeah with illustrations obviously yeah i mean you'll do the illustrations i'm assuming and then and then like britain's best mates would have been like the plug shit that was holding in like the pizza you had the night before so you know mm. sometimes when there's like a little poo that then allows everything else to fall out of you so like yeah. britain's best mates it was like i think it was a bit early mm-hmm Toxic masculinity-wise, if we're going to do that as the angle. Yeah. And that was like the plug. But then that storm led to Ted Lasso. Wow. I mean, wow. just in case it's not clear, because <laughs> Britain's Best Mates are directed, Jamie Glasson and Matthew Stitt were the stars of it, and they were incredible. Yeah. And, yeah. This and friends with Lisa Scott Lee. Yeah. And friends with Lisa Scott Lee. So I don't want <laughs> any of this to sound like a negative on that show. The show was 
Phenomena oh, when they were phenomenal. Yeah. But their shit was too early. Too early. They shit themselves. <laughs> they shit themselves too soon. <laughs> they shit themselves too soon. too soon. That's what Lisa Scott, Lisa, when they called the show after 10 minutes, she said, too soon. I'm not ready for this. I remember her saying it and it's yeah. really stayed with me throughout my journey to becoming a stand-up comedian. Now let's talk about that. So you've just, well, <laughs> you've just done, you've just had, again, I wasn't at Edinburgh this year, but from the press and who knows what is real life, but from the press, <laughs> it seems you had an excellent Edinburgh. Was it excellent to experience or was it a nightmare? I had a nice second hour. What can I say? But I also feel like that. I've cheated. I've cheated Edinburgh because I did my first hour mm-hmm. and then the world locked down. So I got to be like the nominated newcomer for like three years. So right. I was exciting and new for so long. But it also meant I had so long to write my second show. So like, yes. I wouldn't say I've had that normal experience of like you do an hour and then you do another hour, then you do another hour because I've just had so many breaks. Yeah. So, that makes sense, yeah. actually. And I do think the critics tend to turn against you on your second hour, but because there was such a long gap, they, they probably felt like, oh. They forgot. Her, give her a chance. They forgot. They, they forgot. forgot. They were like, this is her they sixth like, hour. Her f- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like the sixth hour. That's great. Oh, I'm glad you had fun. I heard it was a tough one. But I had a nice show. I had a fun show and I had oh, a yeah. nice... But I, oh, it was a tough one. But I was also in like a really small venue. So like, you know, when you're like in a venue where everyone's like, oh, my God, you've sold out, you've made it. And then you're yeah. talking to people and you're like, oh, my sellout capacity is when yours is half full. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like the illusion was that I was crushing it. But the reality was that we were selling out when 45 tickets had been sold. <laughs> That's smart. That's smart. I'm a genius. No, it yeah. wasn't smart. The venue was a bad choice for me because I wanted no. to do originally a show about my German heritage, but the room they put me in was Bunker 2, so we decided <laughs> no. It's too tense, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because, But the thing is, most of the rooms in Edinburgh are named a little bit like Third Reich awfulnessy. Like, even in the Pleasance Courtyard, you've got three bunkers, you've got an a attic, cellar. you've got a cellar. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. it's quite tricky to place people like me. You've got the shower. Yeah, it's dark. <laughs> yeah, really dark. <laughs> It's rough. It's rough out there. It's rough out there. Mm. Uh, so go on, tell me, you, you seem to have something on your mind. <laughs> I just it? have to tell you, because I'm about to like lose my mind with joy. Okay. Um, about 12 hours ago, I yes. booked a trip to Disney World. Holy ah! fucking shit. That's incredible. I'm dying. I'm literally dying, Brett. I cannot handle this. Like I have wanted to go since I think I, before I was born. It is the happiest place on earth. Don't, and I've already got so much merch. Like, this is my turning red cap. I'll put it on for you. Like, I have everything already. And I just, I've never been, it's never been like an option. I've been to Paris, but like, you know? Um, But this is my moment. I'm going to Florida. Can you believe it? When are you going? I'm so excited for you. January, beginning of January. Oh, incredible as well, because then it won't be rammed. Who are you going with? Okay, this is the risk. I don't know how no. you're going to react to this. Mm. Um, Jordan Brooks. That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> um, Sunil Patel and a friend so of mine who's an actor called Gwyneth Keyworth, who's currently in To Kill a Mockingbird, but she's going to be finished by then. So we this were messaging booking it while she so was in the funny. interval playing Scout. <laughs> like... I feel like... <laughs> what do you think of the mix of people, though? Because I'm worried about Jordan and Sunil, because that's why I invited Gwyneth, because yeah. I was worried they're going to be a bit ironic. Yes. Well, yes. Mm. So it's a, yeah, it's a real balance you've got there. You've got a real balance of um, joy. And um, yeah. I think I really want you to make a video documentary of the entire trip. Listen. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. little, the little I know and love about Jordan Brooks is he has a great silliness and joy and love. Oh yeah. And I oh, think yeah. that he may arrive at Disney World with a sneer, but he will leave with tears in his eye and the biggest smile on his face and say, but "Do you know what? That plan. was the happiest place on earth." <laughs> oh my God. 
It's like you can see what I'm envisioning. Because I was thinking about, so I call Sunil and Jordan the little princes. I was thinking about, before I go, getting gifts for the little princes so they can wear matching outfits. Mm-hmm. So, like, Sunil and Jordan could, like, have little matching. Like, so I've got, like, two Goofy Movie t-shirts. So that's my Powerline oh, one I'm showing okay. you now. Thank you. And I think, like, if I could dress them up matching and get them ears and just take them straight to, like, a really, like, magical princess meet, yeah. I think that could be a good, like, just... In the deep end, you've got to swim. You've got to buy into this. I don't know. I think they will. I think I think it's undeniable when you're there. I think you, it's quite hard. It's mm-hmm. like Muppets and stuff. It's quite, it's quite hard to maintain cynicism. Yeah. You sort of get broken down pretty quickly, I think. Agreed. And I think yeah. they're sort of like trying to make out they don't really give a shit. But yeah. they definitely do. And also, here's the thing. They haven't actually booked it yet. Me and Gwyneth have booked 12 hours ago. They're right. booking tonight because Jordan's coming over for a sleepover. Okay. And I'm going to Leicester. <laughs> so I just, I'm going to vlog it. I'm for sure going to vlog it Please. on like Instagram story. Because I think it is important to like, for toxic masculinity, I guess, partly. But also just for like, <laughs> yeah. No, just for the world in for general. I it think people who are struggling with the cost of living crisis and yeah. um, they really want to see um, four absolute spoilt brats spending their hard-earned cash, mainly earned through Patreon, um, on uh, a trip to Disney World. <laughs> I think it's the perfect solution to everyone's problem. Really uh, good. I love that. I mean, I Have you been? Do you know what? I haven't been for a very long time, but I have been mm. more than once. And it is the best. Certainly, I haven't been in... I need to go again, but it is truly magnificent. This is the thing. It's going to be so much better than last time you went because I watch all the vlogs. Like, that's my mm. favourite thing to do is Disney vlogs. And, right. like, Batu is open, so the whole Star Wars land. Like, right. Epcot World Showcase looks so good. Like, obviously, Disney's Animal Kingdom has a full Avatar section. You can do a yeah. Navi River journey. Like, oh, it's yeah. incredible. And Hollywood Studios now has a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Uh, yes, please. yes, please. Yes, please. This episode is sponsored by Disney World. Disney World. <laughs> for all your Disney needs. Do you... Oh, fuck, I forgot to tell you something. No. And it's... Oh, man, I actually don't want to tell you this because of your trip. Fuck. You... Oh, no. This is one of the... No. Oh, Helen Bauer, you've died. Just no, no. No. <laughs> Sorry. That's such bullshit. It's such a bummer. It's a real bummer, but... Bring me back. Bring me back. Bring me back. Let's see, Let's see how we go. How, how did you die? Can I just go suddenly? That's all I want. I want to it's die your suddenly. your choice, but how suddenly? What happened? Um, my friend um, Sunil, we sort of made a plan. We're both single and we live together. And he went, oh, if you're still single when you're 40, I'll put a bolt in the back of your head. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> And I think okay. that's quite nice because it's so quick. Like a cow. That's what they do with cows, right? Yeah, like a big, like a big cow. <laughs> yeah. So, l- line you up, bolt in the back of the head. He's happy yeah. to administer. Yeah. You know what? It's the first cow-related death. And I also think it's a great idea. I don't want to feel anything. I want it to be so sudden. There's something about it being a bolt rather than, say, a bullet, a gun. To oh, no, not like, a bullet. I don't want to yeah. endorse gun violence. A bolt no. is very different. It, feel, yeah. it seems it feels cleaner, the bolt. Like, it feels like there's not going to be a spray. It's just a Agreed. bolt goes through the skull, but nothing's popping out the other end. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. That's a lovely idea. Sonia. Agreed. And also, is it illegal if he says that he's confused between me and a cow? If he says he's a farmer, is it illegal? <laughs> is it illegal? Prove it. If he's wearing barber, can he go down? We don't know. <laughs> if he's got farming equipment and he says he's a farmer, where's the crime? That's so genius. It's really yeah. good. That's how okay. I want to go then. Yeah. At 40? I don't know. Maybe you just... Seems no, because then I'd be... An, I'd be anticip- I don't like anticipation. I'd be anticipating it for the next 10 years. What if it's any time after you're 40 and it would be a surprise? Mm. It would be nice because then I would never have to think about pensions or what they are. Um, I don't think. Yeah. Well, if you, if it's if it's getting out before pension, then then you could hang on till your sixties, couldn't you? Depends how much you're into life, I guess. I like it. Yeah, I like fan. living. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm so definitely... maybe give yourself a different deadline than the forty. That does seem young, but 
Uh, each their own. I nearly just said I'm pro-life. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, um, <laughs> let's just say around around my 40s and we'll just leave it there. Okay. Okay. Around your 40s. Yeah. Well, then leave it with Sunil, I guess. It's not really That's his choice. It's his choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, do you worry about death? I don't really, because I know it's going to happen. Yeah, I just I just don't want it to be long and painful for me or for people around me. You know, I don't want my death to be scarring for someone. Yeah, no, I think Sunil will move on quite quickly. Oh, he, yeah, 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 a hundred percent. He'll just chuck me in the garden and let the nature take its course. So he's not really going to bury you; just sort of leave you on top of the ground. No, I think he'd actually give me to my sister because my sister's got into taxidermy now. So I have a feeling that's oh, going to be wow. my future. What, I and know. then you'd be on the wall. Like like Han Solo. Yeah, well, I think it's because our hamster's going to die soon and she wants to taxidermy it. So, like, I don't think it's going to be a good taxidermy job, but, like, if that is my destiny, that's my destiny. Mm. Just clean out the the bolt hole, fill it up with stuffing. I don't know what's in there. Bit of foam, bit of foam, probably. Bit of foam. Yeah. But, like, leave you on a chair or what? She pose you or... Oh, I think I'd like to be in an armchair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely don't want to be a head just coming out of a wall because I could just imagine like being quite dusty. Um, Mm. I'd like to be watching a TV, I think, sitting in front of the telly. I'd be quite happy. Uh, One leg over the other or both feet on the floor? No, man spread. Absolutely. Like real like rat out vibes. Yeah. I feel like you're taking up a lot of space as a a corpse if you're man spreading. No, No disrespect, maybe that's what. I feel like like you're just saying women shouldn't take up space dead or alive, and I think that's abhorrent to say. (laughs) I think what I've always said at this time in life, (laughs) women take up as much space as they can, except when they're dead. Then they need to make themselves very small. Put Uh, them in the little lady coffins in the little lady cemetery. (laughs) Yes, quite right. Uh, I'm just thinking. I don't know the size of your sofa. I don't know how many people your sister's having round. It's, it's a three-seater. She's, th- <laughs> she's bringing home three guys on the three-seater sofa and one of them's taken up with you and your yeah. man spread in. So you're yeah. on like one and a half cushions. Yeah. Then I'm thinking maybe she goes, I wish I'd closed her legs. Do you know but when did you hear me say I'm not happy for living man to sit on my lap or sit on my shoulders? You're absolutely right. I didn't let you finish the sentence at some point. And Thank maybe you. that's where it was headed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But living man, I mean, living man needs to know what he's walking into. I think he needs a heads up. Come back to my my, my dead stuffed sisters on the sofa, manspreading. Yeah, but Brett, babe, that's so tricky to bring up in conversation. It does not come up naturally. That's and I'm so not saying... It's conventional of me as well, isn't it? God, so conventional to want the warning. To just assume that, like, the woman has to say if she's got a stuffed yeah. human in her house. God. And I don't think it's on her. I don't think it is on her. God, I'm old-fashioned. Yeah, you shouldn't have to say anything. <laughs> you <laughs> really shouldn't. <laughs> just walk in and deal with it. <laughs> um, what do you think happens after you die? Not to your body, we know where that's going, but let's say your soul. I don't know. I thought I thought nothing happened, but then I watched Soul on Disney Pixar yes, and I got a bit confused. Because it made sense. It did make sense. Mm-hmm. That, like, it goes into a body and, like... I definitely have like seen animals where I've been like, oh, I feel like you were a person before and you're trying to tell me something. But it yeah. also might have been, I keep going to the zoo like drunk or high and sort of like, you know, when you look at a lion and you're like, what's your message? But it's just looking at you because it's trapped and miserable. <laughs> what well, then his message is, get, get me out. Get, get me, me out. Get me out. Get me out. But it's looking at me in a way, I'm like, who are you? Like, yeah. granny? Like, yeah, gra- yeah. Grandpa? But also, I think, I, I used to think nothing happened because my mum believes in ghosts. So I was very frightened growing up because mm-hmm. um, she'd always be like, oh, like I'd go into her room and be like, oh, I'm really scared there's a ghost in my room. And like, you know how most parents are like, no, no, you're just being silly, go back. My mum would be like, oh, better say hello or it might go turn nasty. So like, <laughs> I would be like living in a constant state of stress. <laughs> Stop laughing because it's very traumatising for me. Take me through this a little bit slower. <laughs> no, because now I'm going to panic. <laughs> <laughs> you thought they were ghosts. Yeah. And your yeah. mum said, if you're not nice to the ghosts, they'll turn dark. Yes. 
Because the, because <laughs> when, okay, let me calm down. Because I'm getting nervous saying this because I'm home alone and yeah, I'm really scared. Set off the like, someone's going to walk past me in the background and yeah. that'll be it. <laughs> um, so basically, like my mum, the first house I lived in when I was little, my mum said there was a nice man downstairs and a horrible woman upstairs, which is classic her. She doesn't really trust women. But she loved the odd man downstairs. And when she brought me home from the hospital, my brother home from the hospital, she'd be like, oh, this is, this is Ted, this is Helen they're my baby please be nice to them <laughs> and then she would like keep us downstairs the whole day because she didn't like the lady at the top of the stairs and she didn't tell any of her friends about this lady at the top of the stairs but then one day two of her friends were over they were a couple and the woman was at the top of the stairs and her husband called up like oh oh move 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 she's gonna push you she's gonna push you and my mum was like, yep, that's it, we're moving. So we moved. <laughs> and um, we didn't have ghosts in the house for a while. But now my mum lives next to, in a new build next to Fleet Service Station. And she's got ghosts again. Yeah. What are the guys now? And she doesn't know, but she's not scared of them. She just wants to know what they've got to say. So she's hired a woman called Trisha, who is a medium specifically for the Fleet Farnham and specific areas of North London. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, listen... You're talking, you've come to the right place. I'm not, you know, I mean, I have questions, but I, I believe you. Yeah. I'm scared of the old lady on the stairs. Me too, me too. And can you see why my relationship with the afterlife is quite tricky? Because, like, I do think that there's something, but I don't want it to be that reality where people hang around with unfinished business and haunt certain spaces that they can't leave. Did we ever know what the old lady was angry about? My mum literally, even now, is still very cagey about the information about it, mainly because as I've become an adult, I've started questioning her and some of her beliefs. And we've had, yeah. like, my mum can't watch the film Titanic because it brings back too many memories for her because in a past life she was on the boat. And I have since questioned that in a way that wasn't very sympathetic. So we can't really discuss everything. Is your, <laughs> uh, is your mum a medium herself? Does she have a connection to the... You never saw these guys. I didn't, but when I was younger, I thought I did. But now I realise that might have been arrogance because the main ghost I saw was the ghost of Queen Victoria, which is just so arrogant. You only saw high-end ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I only saw ghosts that we'd learnt about in school the week before. (laughs) (laughs) It feels a bit, yeah, arrogant. But my mum thinks she has powers and then she thinks that me and my sister have powers, like we're in a lineage. It's, it's, I think it's a mental health problem, but we're just calling it witching. I yeah. Mean, do you think you have powers? Some. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you being stuffed and kept on the sofa isn't so silly after all. Because no, it would make sense. Maybe your yeah. physical form will be there, but your ghost will actually also be sat inside you watching the telly. But that's the thing. I don't want to be stuck there. I wouldn't mind mm. visiting my body, but like... I don't want to feel trapped in one place. I wouldn't mind being reborn. I like that. And I like the idea that like, that, that it's really like wishy-washy, but you know, when you meet someone and you immediately have like a really good connection with them, like a really good friendship vibe, it's like, mm. I bet we were in the trenches together. Yeah. I like, <laughs> like, I like that. <laughs> I don't know. I bet we won, I bet we won the war. Together. We bloody won it, didn't we, you and me? We're (laughs) classic us. You can tell. Anyway, off to Disney. (laughs) Cutless soldiers. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think there's something, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. (sighs) Your your mum is fascinating. Well, well, listen, your mum and you, listen, it's complicated. There is a heaven, by the way. Okay, I'll take it. And... It's filled with your favourite thing. What's your favourite thing? Pizza. <laughs> okay, it's a pizza party every night in heaven. The seats are made of pizza, but they're not too hot to sit on. And the walls are made of pizza. Bouncy, <gasps> soft, deep pan, lovely. Not crusty, soft. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the screens are made of pizza. Everything smells of pizza. There are pizza people walking around. There's pizza on trays. Pizza, pizza, pizza. And they're delighted mm. to see all the pizza people. And they want to talk to you about your life. They're huge fans. They've seen everything you've ever done. And they've watched you from the top of the stairs and from the ground floor. 
And oh, God. Oh. Yes. And they want to know about <laughs> your life. Turns out the old lady was just a fan. And she was oh. wanted to push the other lady out of the way because she couldn't see you for a second. <laughs> anyway, they want to know about your life through film, weirdly. And the first thing they ask is, what's the first film you remember seeing Helen Bauer? Ben-Hur. Wow. Do you know what? I don't think Ben-Hur has ever come up on this podcast in all these many, many, many episodes. No. I don't think I it thought it was going to be a really basic answer. Because it's no. always on TV when you're it's growing up. It's always on TV. Like 24-7 on Bank TV. Holiday Monday, Ben-Hur time. <laughs> Ben-Hur, always please. Bank, always Bank Holiday. Bit of Ben-Hur. <laughs> all the banks have also... to to watch Ben-Hur. <laughs> It's a great, I mean, it's not like, it's an okay film. It's a good film. I loved it. I can't guarantee it was the first film I ever saw, but it was the first film that like, I would come home from like play school and request Ben-Hur. Wow. Like that was my go-to. That was like, come home from playgroup, have a porridge and papple and watch the full of Ben-Hur. Like uh, all the way to the leprosy colony. Like the whole hog. What's a papple? What's a papple? Apple, but in a really cute way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's apple. a cute apple. Sorry, I totally get it. It's a really cute apple. <laughs> I was only four. I was so little. No, that's really cute. What a cute apple. Uh, yeah. So you had your porridge and when you watched Ben-Hur. And I watched on... my Ben-Hur. <laughs> With your sister? <laughs> nope. Just nope, my brother and sister were like way more like, let's go play outside. And I was like, let's do the chariot race. <laughs> What's your age range with your brother and sister, may I ask? Oh, so like there's my brother's the oldest, then two years, then me, and then two years and my sister. You're middle. middle I'm, a mid- I'm, I'm a very obvious middle. You're a middle. I'm a middle. Define I'm a middle. middle for me. Oh, an attention-seeking little whore. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, what is the film that scared you the most? And do you like being scared? You're not a big fan of The Old Lady at the Top of the Stairs? I'm not a big fan of The Old Lady at the Top of the Stairs. I've definitely got more comfortable with horror films in recent years. Like, I laughed during Hereditary in the cinema, which Whoa. is mad. Is I know. Mad. I laughed. I've definitely, like, I've watched horror films by myself recently and really enjoyed them. But when I was younger... It would be more things that I'd think I'd see later. But the scariest thing I ever saw was a Jim Gamble. I don't know whether this is a film, so I'm going to ask you because you might know. We had it recorded off the TV on a VHS tape and it was The Adventures of Pia Gint. And it was Jim Gamble, who's this famous puppeteer. And it would be the story of Pia Gint through puppets it right. i checked to see if it existed because before recording this because i was worried that it was like a mental health blip or something i had yeah. when i was five but it does exist that used to terrify me and if that That's isn't a film great. then practical magic the nicole kidman which film practical magic sandra bullock and nicole kidman yeah yeah i've seen practical magic i saw it when it when <gasps> when i were when i was little i don't remember it being scary but that's no judgment. I just say, I don't remember it being scary. It was more of a romantic comedy with witches. That's the what thing. What was scary that's the thing. about it? I think it's because, like, everyone was like, oh, it's not a horror film, so we were allowed to watch it at sleepovers very young. But mm. I was fucking shitting myself right. because I've got this mother at home that's like, oh, we're, we might be witches, we might be in a lineage of witches. Right. And I was like, this is like a biopic of, yeah. like, I'm going to... When I fall in love, I'm going to kill him. Like, and... <sighs> but I thought it was terrifying. And I remember Emma Black's my best friend, and she lived, like, five doors down the road from me, and she loved it. And I always pretended I loved it, and I'm really worried that she'll hear this and be like, you liar! But I was so <laughs> frightened. So frightened. Oh. I didn't like all the spells. How is Emma these days? Emma's great. Emma's bought her yeah. first one bed flat. She's crushing it. Wow, good for you, Emma. Shout hey, out Emma. to Emma. Hey, Hi, Emma. Black. Hey, Emma. Hope you're uh, home <laughs> eating a papple. <laughs> she loves papple. <laughs> so cute. Emma's so cute. Emma's so cute. It's mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, practical magic. Okay. Good for you. Uh, listen, I like the peer again. I like a scary puppet film. Honestly, give it a film. watch. I'd scrub forward to Green Hilda. It is horrifying. Mm. And I feel like my brother knew it scared me and would repeatedly put it on for that reason. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, he sounds mm. 
Um, what about crying? What's the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier? Oh, I'm a big cry. I cry for, I cry constantly. I'd say I cry a little I'm bit every now. single day. <laughs> I'm, I cried yesterday when I booked Disney World because I felt so overwhelmed yeah, with joy. Yeah, that's um, I'm just constantly emotionally raw. The song, the score of this still makes me cry. Just mm-hmm. the score. And it's the Winona Ryder Little Women. Oh my god, I love that film. Don't oh it's a my I fucking great love it film. so much. Yeah. So much. It's so yeah. good. And so <laughs> Thomas Newman did the score for it, who's like the best, right? He did like Finding Nemo. He does everything. He's incredible. And um there's a song on the score called Valley of the Shadow, and it plays when I mean you'll know this moment so well. So Beth's lying in her bed. And Joe comes in and the wind goes outside the window and it's her soul leaving her body. And then Joe closes it, turns back, Beth is dead. And then you get the piano start playing really softly, which is so beautiful because that's Beth singing the piano. And then you have Anna, who's like the housekeeper coming in and she drops rose petals on Beth's dolls. And then she holds one of the doll's hands and it drops down and it like, I cannot handle it. It's so beautiful. It's a wonderful <gasps> film. It's a perfect it's film Oh, it's gorgeous. Apart from like, Amy is such a dick. But that's not the hey, film's hey, fault. Hey, that's, that's not a, that's, that's Louisa Amy's May Alcott. Amy's grown up. Oh, and Amy dude, has some dude, hard I get it. Dude, you know? I get that she's growing up, but grow up faster. Listen, I'm she's sorry. A, she's a little woman. She's not a big woman yet. She's a little. Woman. Even when she's, she's a big woman, she's a bit of a cunt. Let's put it out there. Uh, okay, but you know. By the end, she's learned something. Don't be such a cunt. What, go off of Laurie? Thank God yeah. for Friedrich, is all I can say. Thank God. Mm, yeah, no, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Friedrich. Just in Danke time. Dankeschön, Friedrich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, if I may, yeah. is a film that you love. People don't like it. It's not critically acclaimed, but you, Helen Bauer, love it. Mamma Mia! But also, all my friends love it as well. It's so good. It's just joy. It's joy. You love it? Yeah, I love it. Brett, I'm so glad you said that because it's so joyful. The story is set up so quickly. You know what's going to happen. But we're all having fun with song and the costume. And it's so frothy. I love it. You know, here's here's maybe what will happen to Jordan Brooks and Sunil Patel in... um, Disney World is that when I was in <laughs> okay. Edinburgh and it was like we had a you know I was doing a mixed show with Jerry Howell and Pat Bircher and on our okay. one day off and we were yeah. playing at the Phoenix which is a venue which I would classify as not in Edinburgh <laughs> it was so <laughs> far away from the main bit and it was like we had a tough year but it was fine but it was tough and no one came and we did this show in a fucking anyway on our day off our one day off Instead of seeing shows, we went to see Mamma Mia at the cinema in the afternoon. And perhaps we went, we walked in, ironically, on our lad's day out. Perhaps. I can't mm-hmm, guarantee. Mm-hmm. But perhaps we thought, well, this will be funny. And we went okay. and it was just a few old people and us in the cinema. And the first 10 minutes we sat there. <laughs> and by the end, we were crying and singing and thought it was the best film we'd ever seen. Are you talking about the moment the film changes, which isn't the winner takes it all? It's slipping through my fingers all the time oh, when Meryl is singing that to Amanda. But for me, the song that gets me is right at the mm. end when all is said and done. Mm. You know, when it's like, um, here's to us one more toast and then we'll pay the bill. I'm like, what a perfect, what a perfect button on the end of this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gorgeous i saw it in the basingstoke view mm-hmm. amazing cinema highly recommends a lot of memories there with my cousin sophie and she had already seen it about three times by the time we went to the cinema and seen it it'd been out two weeks and she's basic as and she was bawling the whole way through it she knew what was coming and she couldn't handle knowing that Meryl was going to be on the side of that cliff singing The Winner Takes It All and just being despairing um, with all. With a scarf. Doing a lot yeah, with a scarf. scarf. Which is a mad choice when your daughter is about to get married in like three minutes. She's got so many steps to climb but she's like, I, I do have time for the full number. I will do the full number. And I'm definitely going to do a lot of work with this scarf which no one expected. I think the scarf is really putting in a shift. I'd say, okay, you know what? That's where we differ. I believe it's the wind, but that is 
I think it's okay. audience members' I think, interpretation. I think that's the, the beauty of Meryl Streep, though. She makes it look effortless. <laughs> she you makes it look effortless. You think it's the win, but I'm going, that's all Meryl. She's clapping that scarf. <laughs> She's doing all the work. There was no win. It was a set. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if she created the wind just with her power. And we were like, wow, in- yeah, amazing. That's all her. Yeah. Uh, what's a film you used to love, but you don't love it anymore? You've watched it recently. And it has changed for you, or you have changed. I think it's every. The world has changed. Society has mm. changed, and it's um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's what's that done to you? I just think it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, How about no, that? You're right. no, I think you're, you're it, not right. it, the whole thing is mental. No one's likable in it. <laughs> My main problem with it. How about this? How the fuck does Augustus Gloop not win that Chocolate Factory? He knows Chucky. He loves it. <laughs> He's invested in the world. And the fat boy gets chucked out in room one. That's mental. Yeah, what does he, what's what his crime? What the fuck does Charlie it? Bucket know about chocolate? What the yeah. fuck? And, right, the, Augustus Gloop crime is, number one, he loves it too much because the best line in the film, they're all Augustus Gloop is when he wins <laughs> the first golden ticket and Slugworth is like whispering in his ear and the interviewer goes, you found the first golden ticket? How does it feel? And he goes, hungry. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> But his crime is in room one, he starts drinking the river of chocolate and his mum is like, Augustus, darling, save some room for later. But he can't stop drinking because he's like got some sort mm. of a compulsive overeating disorder. <laughs> and he falls in yeah. and he gets sucked up in the pipe to the fudge room. But that's not a crime. The boy was hungry. No arguments here. You, you make a very powerful point. Augustus Gloop should have won the chocolate factory. What does Charlie know about chocolate? He's had a couple of sweets in his time. He's oh, had, one, Max. He's had one, one gobstopper in a little chocolate bar. He's not an expert. You're absolutely right. Gloop he is the man. He has no fucking clue what he's doing. Number that one, factory's okay, next falling thing. apart in a week. He takes home. <laughs> How does Mike TV make it to room four, seeing as the character's only attribute is that he's wearing a cowboy hat and theoretically likes TV? Insane he choice. Uh, yeah, his problem is working on, on TV, but he stopped to come to the factory, didn't he? This is the thing. It's such a it stupid It doesn't seem character. that big a problem. Also, let's talk about the songs in it. Veruca Salt, yeah. famous song. I want a feast. I want a bean feast. What's a bean feast? Well, <laughs> you know, a bean feast where you have baked beans on top of runner beans. A bean feast. <laughs> you know. No. The feast of beans. Runner beans. No. Broad beans and baked beans. All mixed in a stew. It's a bean feast. No. Kids love no. it. No. I'm sorry, the film does not stand up in the um, cold light of day. When mm. you think about it as a business and running a factory, I'm sorry, it's gloops and it should have been. And you don't, I mm. know, oh, I'm livid. I mean, that's not even mentioning the um, Oompa Loompas who have been stolen from their homeland and used as slaves. But <sighs> I didn't want to bring another. that up, but that is another thing that I think needs to be discussed at some point. Yeah. I hope that when Gloop takes over, he at least pays them. I think he would. That's the thing with Gloop. Mm. He's there for the food, not for yeah. the inequality. And I think he was very clear about that from day one. Because Gloop also organically found the ticket. You know, he's not a brat. Like, he, yeah. he, he genuinely likes Wonka that much. Yeah. God, that's... Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Annabay. Annabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Annabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply.
Land.com can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own and do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with the family you want. Just know that getting your own piece of land is something that can generate memories for generations, but also has the ability to generate income in both the near and long term. Like if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound. Go to Land.com and check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is a place to find and invest in your open space brilliant yeah what is the f- that's brilliant that's, i'm gonna think about that a lot what's the film that means the most to you not because it's any good necessarily but because the experience you had when seeing it always makes it special <laughs> so i've only seen it once since the time i saw it okay. but i was like 24 or something and it was a very poignant time in my life and it's victoria do you know it <laughs> It's a German mean, film. Uh, Victoria's one of, I think, one of the all-time greats. Really? I love the the one-shot, two-and-a-half-hour film with yes! Lia Costa. Yes! Uh, listen, Lia Costa, who plays Victoria, is in the yeah. show that I co-created, Soulmates, and the reason she's in that is because of Victoria, because I saw Victoria and I was like, fucking hell, we've got to get Lia in No, I, are you fucking kidding? I'm serious. That's why I'm a, I love that film. I think it's incredible. I need to do better research in my life, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I wasn't bringing that up to them be like oh my god we both love the same film no but, great okay I was living in Berlin at the time wow so I lived in Berlin for about three years Did and you? I was a bit jawohl yeah natürlich Helen Bauer hallöchen I'm working <laughs> what are you working <laughs> I on? started I started stand up in Germany shut but, um, up yes Get I'm going out. to Berlin in like two days I love it <laughs> yes amazing so you're Victoria. I'm Victoria. Well, no, I did not have that experience. But I, did, I was going out clubbing constantly then because my job for a while when I first moved there was I was like a party tour guide mm-hmm. and I would take people out drinking like around Warschauerstrasse and like be like, oh, we're going to go to this club, this club. So I was constantly in those clubs with like, I don't know. And then I hadn't really been to the cinema since I'd moved there. Maybe I'd seen Inside Out, but like hadn't really done anything like that. And like was definitely like I moved with a friend and it took a while to find my group there and to make friends because you're in a new city. Right. Mm. So it's a bit like at odds. And also I was like trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do with my life because I hadn't started stand up yet. But I would feel like I'd done loads of things stand up adjacent and just hadn't bitten the bullet and gone for it you know and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I went to see it and it was like a really early morning show and we're talking like 9am at like movie mental like one of those tiny tiny little kinos and I was like oh my god like this is obviously not me at all but I know this world I know Mm. these streets that this person is walking down all by themselves and just sort of like someone saying like yes to different things and like for some reason even the message of the film is like say no and walk away at the beginning I was like I need to say yes and have more adventures in my life but it really struck a chord and I don't know why because it doesn't make sense that that was the one apart from the fact it was the same city well it makes perfect sense you were you were alone there right were you? Uh, I was at this point, yeah. You you were a woman alone in an exciting city who goes to clubs, who meets people <laughs> and was either saying yes or no. But that film is an entire yes and, yes and, yes and. Yes, two and a half yeah. hours in one shot. It is a complete yes ending. But the worst thing is, is that the repercussions of that is I got fired from that job because the rule was you weren't supposed to sleep with anyone you were taking oh, out. And I did because yes I was yes anding next to the Berlin Wall. Oh, Helen, Anne, like, oh, no, nice. I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you yes anded yourself into trouble. But that's I yes anded myself into a firing. <laughs> that's Victoria all over. It is Victoria all over. But I love it. And like, I think about it all the time. It's a fantastic film. And also, from a technical mm-hmm. point of view... It's all done in one shot, and I often think mm-hmm. one shot things. I don't necessarily. I think sometimes that they are just sort style of, over substance. Yeah, and they're just an yeah. exercise, and you watch them going, "Well, that's clever, well done." Whereas Victoria is the perfect one where it's like the style means the thing, as in yeah. you sort of find yourself holding your breath the whole two and a half hours because as she and the camera, you're like, "How is this still? How is this happening?" 
It's so Can exciting. I ask a question which is super... Have you spoken about Victoria Loads on this before, by the way? Uh, I have, but not for a very long time. So if people have okay. bored of this, they can um, skip forward a bit. Did you, what, out of curiosity, did you mm. watch it with subtitles or without? Cause, with subtitles. See, I would be fascinated. I remember watching it and thinking, like, I would have loved to have seen it not being able to speak German and follow her story. Yeah. Because if you watch it, if you, it's just a native English speaker, but don't speak German, yeah, better then you actually find out things as she finds them out or pick up yeah. on clues. And I remember thinking, oh, that would be such a cool experience. Like, obviously, I've watched the film, so it's dead now, and like, I do speak German. But I was like, that would be so fucking awesome. Yeah. There's so many ways to watch this because of that. Love that. Because there's so many good German films, but like, that's one that like really, like, it works without speaking German at all, you know? Uh, yeah, I can't fucking... Oh, it's a pointless story because I can't remember what the film was. I accidentally watched a <laughs> film without having the subtitles on and I thought, oh, this film does not have subtitles and I, it was a foreign film. Yeah. And I watched 20 minutes of it before I checked, oh, I need to turn on the subtitles myself. <laughs> but I was following it and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. It seems like... I'm not meant to fully understand what's going on, but I'm getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Victoria, she does speak English. She speaks English with the one guy in the group. But like they talk amongst themselves and she's just sort of sitting there trying to like get the gist. And it's like, oh, that would be amazing. Like watching it. Because like obviously as a German and English or subtitle reader, like you kind of know what's your, you're one step ahead of her. Whereas it'd be really lush to be with her. Yeah. I don't know. It's really good. (laughs) So good. What is the film you most relate to, Helen Bauer? Okay, do documentaries count? Because I'm a big documentary yeah. fan. Like, I'm not going to say Grey Gardens. I'm not, like, mental. Okay, then um, King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Really And I wonderful. think that stands for every stand-up or anyone in the arts. <laughs> that is not... Answer. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. We all feel like we're Steve Wiebe, but, like, of course, there's loads of Billy Mitchells running around. <laughs> like... <laughs> And most of us are just like Walter, who runs the gigs. (laughs) (laughs) And then Brian Koo, who's just there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What is the sexiest film you've ever seen, Helen Bauer? 300. Okay. (laughs) Do you know what? Again, don't think it's come up before. 300. Really? Yeah, a lot of topless men shouting and fighting. That's your thing? I mean, I don't know what the storyline is at all. I gave a hand <laughs> job to it when it came out in the cinema and I was a teenager. Like, it, it's always equated with, like, You gave a hand job to the film or to a man whilst watching the film? To a man, to a man. Okay. Whilst watching the film, once again in Basingstoke. A lot of stuff happens in Basingstoke. God, that's com- complicated. Yeah. So you were aroused... By 300. He was aroused. He was oh aroused my God. Yes. I keep going with gay guys. This is my problem. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that age when you're like a teenage, like late mm. teenager. And like, you're like, everything's above the trousers. But you're like, when we see 300 this weekend, I'm going in pan. Like I can feel so it, funny. right? So you're thinking we're having an amazing day. <laughs> He's hard as a rock. We've been to Bella Italia. Ignoring what's happening on the screen. Yeah, yeah we've had a fancy sit-down Italian meal. Like, we mm. know it's going to be good, right? It is a group hangout, but we right. are next to each other, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm not leaning over Anna Grant to get to him, you know? Like, Fucking it's chill. Anna. Yeah. Okay. Oh, classic Anna. And then the movie started and, like, the whole film was, like, me trying to find the confidence to, like, go for it. And he was, like, there, like, go on. Do it. Do it when you're ready. And I had like a low cut top on and I was trying to angle my breast so we could see cleavage and like not stop looking at the naked men. Look at my yeah. titties. But he just and, kept um, staring at the screen. Yeah. And then I got him. He was really, really hard. And I was like, oh, I've done something really good here. But then I knew I had to do something else because it couldn't be hard. And that was the end. Mm. But like I didn't, I, I felt like I couldn't do that sudden, like a bigger movement because everyone else was there. And um, I didn't want to be like, oh, Helen gave a hand job to 300. Like now it's fine. But at the time it's yeah. like, I can't be the girl that did that. And so he had to finish himself off in the toilets at the end. But it was good. It was still very sexy. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of signs were there for you. He was staring at 300 men and then he said, let me go finish myself off in the, in the men's. Yes. And you thought, I think he's, I think he's the one. I think he's really, was, really into me. I was smitten. <laughs> uh, excellent. There's a, a troubling bone, there's worrying why dons. 
What's the film you found arousing? You weren't sure you should. Starter for 10. The James McAvoy. Um, yeah, the one. quizzing. Yeah, the one about uh-huh. um, quizzing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's when I first realised that I find men crying really sexy, which is really <laughs> worrying. <laughs> I think I've said this on a podcast before because I I know this feeling of shame and embarrassment <laughs> saying this, but I I masturbated to him crying, saying his dad, <laughs> saying his dad was dead in a restaurant to Halle and I don't know why, but that is a very memorable wank for me. <laughs> Can you look at me because I'm going to stop panicking if you cover your eyes that I've said no, something wrong. I'm. Anyone who answers this question properly, which is so far about four people, are my hero. <laughs> Thank you for answering that question properly. But otherwise everyone's just like, oh, Simba was kind of a sexy lion cub. And it's like, yeah, but did you wank to completion? No, doesn't count. Because yeah. like, for some exactly. reason, very emotional. It was, maybe it was the first time in my life I'd seen a man, and like an attractive man being mm. very vulnerable. And for me, I was like, how sexy is yeah. that? And it really turned me on. I don't think it was anything to do with the fact his dad was dead. Yeah, that's what I really sort of want to check in on, I guess. Is I don't think it's that. You don't care the reasons for it. You're, he's crying and you're like, <laughs> I don't care why, babe. You don't need to talk. I just need to watch this. You know what I mean? It was the vulnerability. I yeah, think I like that. Yeah, don't give me details. Yes. Stop banging on about your dad. Just You can think about it and I'll just watch you cry. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, I'll just be, I'll just be in the corner just watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lovely stuff. What is objectively the greatest film of all time? I know I'm correct in this, so I don't want any back chat. Okay. Um, Matilda, Danny DeVito's Matilda. It's yep. flawless. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next question. Thank you. It will be what? respected. <laughs> it will be respected. Thank you. How do you feel about the new Matilda coming out? I'm excited because I think it's not a remake of Danny DeVito's Matilda because he did like his version of it. It was like narrated. But this is Tim Minchin's musical. And the musical is absolutely incredible. The songs are brilliant. It's not a remake of that. It's the same characters. But it's almost like a, you could think of it as like in the Matilda universe. But I'm chill with it. I'm excited. Correct. What is the (laughs) film that you could or have watched the most over and over again? I really thought about this. I think, like, obviously Ben-Hur is a good contender because I watched it so much growing up. Mm. Sound of Music is a good contender. Annie's a really good contender. Yes, But I'd say, honestly, the film that I'd keep on going back to is probably the film Wimbledon because that was, like, one of the first DVDs we had at our house. (laughs) Wimbledon? So people would come over and watch Wimbledon. Really? It's weird. It's a weird choice, huh? It is a weird That or the day after tomorrow. Those were the two first DVDs we had at our house. Yeah. Wimbledon's a weird one in that it sort of I know, it's not even good. Do you know what? Wimbledon is a sticky shit, is what we're talking about. Wimbledon on paper is a slam dunk of a film. And sorry to mix my sporting metaphors. (laughs) But something, maybe the timing, etc. Something about Wimbledon, it wasn't a smash. I don't think it's a bad film. I think it's absolutely fine. But you would think on paper Wimbledon would be huge. Shit too it early. It should be. Shit too late. It's the one I've seen the most of and I probably, I don't know if it was, I just think it was shit, just full stop. Right. Like it's, it's not like shit. other films that I watch over and over again, which I'm genuinely like, it's like basketball. I remember watching that a million yeah. times when I was younger. Like the funniest film, Dumb and Dumber, like yeah. these great films, but Wimbledon is probably it and I don't know why. Ugh. What's the, uh, we don't like to be negative, Helen. Do it quick. Sorry. What's the worst film you've ever seen? Oh, it's just some Jason Statham film, which is like um, a Prince of Dragons colon a Dungeon Siege. It was horrendous. I walked out. I couldn't do it. Jason Statham made a film called Prince of Dragons a Dungeon Siege. It's like colon the Dungeon Siege. I cannot remember what the beginning of it is. It's that bad. I refuse to look it up as well. I mean... You're going to look it up, aren't you? I'm going to have to look it up because I've never read a Prince of Dragons a Dungeon Siege. Okay. Open Jason Statham a Dungeon Siege and a see dungeon? what comes up. Siege. You must be lying. Maybe I'm lying. You're a lion. I watched this with Huge Davies. Let me... Yeah. Listen, I'm not calling you a liar yet. Oh, oh, no, no. Okay, forget the Prince of Dragons. Okay, it's called Jason Statham in the name of the king, colon, a dungeon siege tale. Okay. Yeah, that's a completely different film and an excellent one. (laughs) 
You liked that film? <laughs> I, I haven't. Truthfully, I haven't seen it. He also plays Farmer in it, so it must have been quite an early <laughs> one. He plays Farmer. Which is the lead role. Oh, it's a Yui Bowl film. Yui Bowl, the director of that film, okay. f- famously or not, has made film, is I think one of the most sort of statistically critically hated directors of all time. Like every film gets was one star on to my life. And he did a thing where he challenged film critics to box to a boxing match and genuinely fought the critics of his films in the ring and turned out to be quite a good fighter. And, no uh, way. And, yeah, and I always respect him for that. Good for him. Okay, fair me. play to him. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I just, yeah. that film wasn't for me, but I'm sure it is for others, you know? <laughs> what is, the, you're in comedy, you're a comedian, you're very funny. What's the <laughs> film that made you laugh the most, Helen Bauer? Any of the Jackass films. I just, oh, I'll boy. never, like, they're just you, the ones, aren't they? They're the funniest. You and James Acaster. Oh, really? Acaster loves Jackass, loves, loves, loves. It's his favourite. It's incredible. Like, I watch all the behind the scenes, like the mm. making of the movie for this last one was absolutely enchanting. The discussions yeah. around the dick monster and like how it would work as a puppeteer. Like they got in the most famous puppeteers in the world, like the Team America puppeteers to do the dick monster. And it's just so funny. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be do a you, jackass? No, but I do want to be on set. Like I don't like I don't want to be part of the pranks, even though I know the sets happen on prank. But like, mm. come on, going in a portaloo and and blowing it up with poo everywhere—that's funny. Yeah, that's good comedy. Also, they've got really like feminist in the last se- um, yeah. film. Have you noticed? Like they get like female tennis players and they they serve at their dicks. And it's like, yeah, women can do anything. It's just so empowering. I find it very empowering. (laughs) (laughs) Helen Bauer, you have been amazing and a delight and I've loved this. However, when you reached 43, surprise, (gasps) uh, and you were walking through your kitchen, uh, putting up a montage of the fifth trip you'd all taken to Disney World. You'd made a new new collage (gasps) of it. And Sunil walked in and he said, morning, morning, Helen Bauer. You call each other very funny. You said, hello, Sunil Patel. And he (laughs) went, oh, uh, show me the picture. And you pointed the pictures. You had your back to him. And kukung, he shot the bolt. And as the bolt went in your head, he said, oh, he was wearing wellies and a barber. But you were instantly dead. (laughs) The signs were there. And uh, I was walking past a couple of weeks later, actually. I said, where's Helen? And Sunil said, oh, if you're looking for Helen, she's at her sister's house. So I go over to your <laughs> sister's house. I go, where's Helen? She says, oh, she wouldn't mind you sitting on her. She doesn't mind living men sitting on her. I said, what do you mean? I walk in. There you are, <laughs> stuffed. Man spread on the sofa. Cup of tea wedged in your hand. And a saucer oh, here. that's nice. Yeah, sweet. Aww. And I go, oh, bloody hell. I said, do you mind if I, if I bury her? I know that wasn't the plan, but. She did have two secrets. One now, if you know the Patreon section, one secret that she wanted to take to the grave. So I do actually have to put her in a grave. Anyway, I brought this coffin, but there's more of you than I was expecting because she's put so much foam in, you're twice the size. Anyway, so I have to chop you up with your sister. She don't mind, we're having a laugh. Chop mm. you up, stuff you in the coffin. There's only, it's only enough room in there to slip one DVD into the side for you to take across to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. In Pizza Heaven, what film are you taking to show the pizza people of Pizza Party Heaven when it's your movie night? Helen Bauer, pizza, go. It has to be King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, because I. Wonderful. It's the one that when someone says they haven't seen it, I will stop whatever we're doing and be like, you have to, I'm sorry, we have to watch it. I just love watching people watch it for the first time. Yeah. So you'll, you'll sit on the stage at the front, in front of the screen, just watching everyone. Yeah. Great. Because it's such an emotional yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. And so funny. <sighs> Helen Bauer, what, what a joy. What is there anything you want to tell people to listen to, to look out for, to watch, to buy tickets to? You tell me. I have a podcast. Yeah. That's always a good way to start. I do a podcast called Trusty Hogs with lovely Catherine Bohart. Um, so please listen to that. And um, I have a special coming out, oh. but I don't know. It was filmed with 800 pound gorilla, but I don't know where Amazing. it's going to end up. And of my first show called Little Miss Baby Angel Face. Um, <laughs> so please look out for that. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter and I'll put it up there, obviously. Yes. Helen Bauer, what a treat. 
Thank you very much what for doing treat. this. Have a wonderful Thank day you. from about in the back of your head. Uh, and enjoy <laughs> Disney World and please make video diaries every single day of every month. I will, I promise. I promise. Lots of love to you. <laughs> love you. Good day. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was episode 222. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra chat, secrets and video with Helen. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, but don't talk about the podcast. No one cares about that. Talk about the film that means the most to you and why. My neighbour Maureen loves reading that. It always makes her cry and we really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Hope everyone is well. Thank you so much to Helen for doing this show. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for an incredible guest. Oh, so many great guests coming. You're going to love it. So that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.